0: BBCC episode 25, my realization of the day. I just want to express at the top of this episode that I, Devon Taylor, and the esteemed members of Something Ghoulish joining me on today's episode, we love children. Absolutely love them, want to express that. They're fabulous. But tonight, on the Bloody Blunt Cinema Club, all is fun and games this All Hallows Eve when I say... Fuck them kids. There ain't no treats in life, only tricks. Break the rules and you're dead, fuckers. Happy Halloween, bitches. Trick or treat, smell my feet, give me a good podcast episode, that's sweet. Hello, hello, my name is Devon Taylor, a.k.a. underscore Daddy Disco on Twitter, a.k.a. Season of the Bitch, as I am here to add some spice to the end of your Halloween season. We are coming to the end of October, the last week of the Bloody Pumpkins Bonanza, and I have a extra, extra sweet triple feature of Halloween classics to talk to you with Danielle and Anthony from the Something Ghoulish podcast network and YouTube channel. Very excited to talk about Sleepy Hollow, Trick or Treat, and Halloween 3 Season of the Witch. But, before we get to that, can I have a moment to talk to you about 5 Star iTunes Reviews 5 Star iTunes Reviews 5 Star iTunes Reviews 5 Star
1: I'm sorry I
0: Alright guys, welcome back to the Bloody Blunt Cinema Club and we are joined by two very special guests. I've been very excited to get them on the show. Um, One of them has been building out a horror-based website and along with a podcast network, we have YouTube videos, I mean just anything you could think about in the horror community. He's got that going and then one of his Compatriots, as well. Um, we have Anthony Darrington of Something Ghoulish, and then we have photographer and uh, podcaster Danielle Million. Welcome to the show, guys. Hello. Hey, hey.
2: Thank you so much for having us. We're excited to be on.
0: Yes, I am uh, so excited. I've been wanting to do some sort of collab with you guys for the longest. Like, you know, funny side note is like, me and Danielle lived in the same town for years <laughs> and we never oh, got right. to like meet up and like do things until like yeah, we tried we did we <laughs> did uh whenever I was still back in Missouri I mean all I was doing was working all the time so mm-hmm. it, it was it was really tough but just like I love that like small you know world connection because then Danielle started doing so stuff. Was something ghoulish and then I started seeing that and then it was just like whoa 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 <laughs>
3: Yeah, I remember yeah. I, I added you on Twitter because someone else in the horror community was like, You should check this guy out. And I was like, Okay. And I checked you out and I'm like, wait, are you from where I'm from? And you're like, Yeah. And then I saw you like skate by once when I was driving and I was like, Did I just see you skate by <laughs> me? And you're like, Yeah. And I was like, What the fuck is going on?
1: Isn't
0: and there?
3: then and then you moved to LA and so now now it feels correct. I know,
0: like, such a such a weird world connections, but I love it, and I'll be back in Springfield uh, hopefully soon. Actually, so whenever I come back, we will definitely get that photo shoot going that we've been trying to make happen. (laughs) Yeah, but uh, Anthony, tell me a little bit about uh, how you got something ghoulish going.
2: I've pretty much always been into horror themed media, and you know, as I got to become a teenager, got more so into horror movies, and then as an adult you know, just became a huge film nerd in general. Um, And when I was embedded in the horror community, from what I saw from the outside, um, people weren't having the conversations that I personally wanted to have about these films. And horror films and kind of more specifically cult genre sci-fi films as a whole were often looked down upon. And so our original, when we first started in, in October of 2018, our goal was to defend horror to death. And and since we've grown to, you know, talk about horror and kaiju and sci-fi and cult type films. Um, but, yeah, I've, I've always had a love for the strange and unusual and all things creepy. And um, being able to kind of spin that um, with an insightful and educational angle has always been the
0: goal. I'd say definitely like in the time that you started something ghoulish, I mean, there's. I mean, this revolution in horror has been going on, I'd say for the past like decade now, almost like has been this like kind of new renaissance. So it's like, yeah, you, you came in just at the perfect time when people were starting to give horror a little bit more respect and were more excited to talk about it and what was going on in the horror world. So it was like, and then it's like, you know, I love how it kind of started as one thing and that's just been evolving bigger and bigger into uh, more and more. And like, I absolutely love it. And like, you're so, and, and the biggest thing I love is, like, all the positivity that comes from you mm-hmm. guys. Like, you know, like, I love overwhelming, like, positivity. Like, I don't want to waste my time, like, talking about bad <laughs> horror movies or ones right. that, like, give us a bad name, you know? Like, that's not what mm-hmm. I want to do. And you guys, like, are so, like, great about just, like, it's just so overwhelmingly positive. I absolutely love that. Thank you so uh, much.
3: Anthony and I talk about that a, a lot, like... We're always wondering how people call themselves horror fans if all they do is shit on horror movies. Like, why are you in this community if you don't like every movie you watch, you know? Maybe you need to reevaluate what you're doing. <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah, like, it, like, yeah, like, how could you just sit there and call yourself a fan, but then, like... Because, like, I mean, I get it. There's the, There's the movies that you like to watch because they're not exactly great films. And right. that's a different type of, like, fun there, you know? But there's a difference mm-hmm. between having fun with it versus making fun of it and like like I said, like just like not helping the community whatsoever.
2: Right. There there's already so much like negativity and just horrible things going on in the world. And for the things that I love and pat and are passionate about, like I don't wanna bring that into the conversation as well. And and most of the time people's critiques or, or negative opinions really aren't as interesting as they think they are. Um, <laughs> right. You know, like, and it's funny, we're talking about Halloween three, because that was one of the longest takes was like Halloween three is, you know, a terrible movie or because it doesn't have Michael Myers, which there are plenty of Halloween movies with
0: Michael Myers that just, oh, know. yes, like we, we will definitely get into that very specific subject. Yeah. <laughs> but anyway, I digress. Yeah, but it's just like uh, I came across this like one YouTube video and the title of it was, Is Horror Too Problematic to Enjoy? And I just went, I'm not even going to watch this. I'm not even going <laughs> to no listen what? to it. It's going to result in a laptop through my wall. I was like, I, so <laughs> I was, I skipped it all together. I was just like, no, get, get out of here with all that business. And then, so Danielle, when did you uh, get into the Something Ghoulish fam?
3: Um, I actually got in at the very beginning. So I had a podcast before for very brief a very brief time um it was like a horror video game podcast and my podcast partner and I had a falling out and creative differences and we went Mm. separate ways and so I had all of this podcast gear and I was like well shit I like I really like doing this and I like every aspect of podcasting so you know, I should do something with it. And so I saw Anthony on Twitter and he had been talking about just horror movies and something ghoulish. I, I wasn't I'm not sure if you had brought up that you were gonna be like doing a podcast or what, but mm-hmm. I So just- what
2: Happened in the beginning. It's sorry to cut you off, but I was, but I was going to say like, um. So in the beginning, when we really started, we we kind of did that thing where anytime someone followed us, we kind of let them know what we were about. And uh I think I sent you one of those messages, and and you responded back, and you you said, "Hey, if you ever want to start a podcast,
3: (laughs) dude, I was I was straight up about it too. I'm like, you are cool, you know your shit. I have podcast stuff. If you ever want to start one, let me know." And he's like cool yeah I'll let you know and then like two days later he's like okay I'm letting you know (laughs) and Um, so we just got you know we really get along we have the same humor we have the same goals in the horror community and you know being inclusive and just doing the the positivity thing um and then we kind of started ghoulish cast uh and went through like 11 different trials of how we're doing that. And then, (laughs) um, Anthony, he was like, I want to do this and this and this and this. And so we were like, all right, let's do all of it. And so it just started like blooming. And, uh, I kind of wanted to stay on the ghoulish cast part of it. I like doing the interviewing and talking to people about their movies and, you know, stuff like that. So we've changed so much since 2018 I can't like even remember
0: some of the ways we used to be but it's been a ride yeah I mean we're we're just all in for you know the the great cause of putting horror up on the pedestal that it absolutely deserves and like Mm -hmm. and I love how you, you guys uh you know kind of mentioned like it's been through you know different changes and iterations and stuff and it's just like you know but I also like that because you guys are you know just adapting to the horror landscape that's kind of going on and you know what you guys find the most interesting to talk about at that time so I really I really do love everything you guys got going on there uh for sure and as well as like I just I've always loved your uh photography Danielle I posted on Instagram all the time and like do you got any uh cool like uh do you have an October project going on or
3: oh man October always (laughs) just blows up if I had as many people hitting me up in October all year I could quit my job and just be a photographer but um I have the normal you know wedding stuff or engagement in the fall leaves but this year someone tagged me in a post that someone posted where they wanted to do a Michael Myers tea party shoot because there's (laughs) there's this Michael Myers tea party shoot that keeps going around and I get tagged (laughs) in it but someone actually wanted to do it and I was they were you know, asking who would be the best photographer for this. And, you know, everyone's tagging like their sisters and their moms at like beautiful Midwest, you know, photography <laughs> or whatever. And I'm like, bro, no, like, that's not how are you, he's not going to choose you. Dig a and little so, deeper. Like, yeah. And so like five people tagged me and it was like, you have to do this. And so I messaged him and he was like, Oh my God, I, f- I already follow you on Instagram. Like we should do this. So we're going to do that one. I have some witchy coven boudoir shoots to do um what else there's another shoot that someone wants to do that's kind of like a ryan gosling like drive inspired shoot oh
0: okay okay, okay. yeah
3: so hey. those are the ones i have so far and then i have a bunch of random like foo pay the bills shoots <laughs> hey but
0: we love it you know uh yeah. I, I i mentioned on the podcast that sometimes like you know like october is like sweeps week for any anyone that's a creator in the horror you know uh world of any sort and especially for you yeah like you know you got the fall and all the weddings and all that jazz and stuff but that's fun that you also get to uh, mix in the you know the the fun spooky stuff as well so you know get a little bit i'm i'm like so behind on like i've been doing so many other things like photography has been like the last thing i've been thinking of and then i always like come around to october and i'm like oh you need to do something like Everyone expects oh, the spooky yeah. from you. They expect it. <laughs> they want it. Give the people what they want. <laughs> I got to give them what they want. So, uh, yeah. yeah.
3: COVID, yeah. COVID kind of killed the photography game for a while. Cause people were like, oh, not really, when it wasn't even the, you know, social distancing of photo- like getting a photo shoot done because you can stay six feet away. That's actually what you want. But it's, it was, you know, people didn't have money.
0: They mm-hmm. were
3: quarantining. Um, what would be the reasoning of getting your pictures done? There was nothing going on, you know, COVID just kind of killed it. And like, everyone's like, are you still doing photography? I'm like, yes, but you know, no.
0: <laughs> so, yeah, it's, 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 yeah, it's, it's adjusted so many uh, ways of thinking, you know, and then it is kind of, yeah, that same thing. I was just like, oh, I was like, I mean, I still could like, you know, meet with people and stuff, but you know, yeah, everybody was just like, everybody kind of had their mind on other things as well. So I was like, kind of hard to be like oh hey you want to do this really silly photo shoot for me you know <laughs> yeah. so yeah it, it just didn't feel right um mm-hmm. but we did so we did kind of touch on um you know how you guys like came up into horror a little bit so I'll kind of I'll switch up the question I, I get tired of asking that same like opening interview question but like <laughs> um so like for me I don't know about you guys because like I started off really young and like I all I've always really like loved horror and like been interested in it but then there was like a moment where like a switch flipped and it was like oh i don't just like love horrors, like i'm in love like i am infatuated (laughs) like so do you guys maybe have a moment that you guys had like that danielle Uh, do you want to go
3: yes (laughs) Uh, (laughs) i thought of it right whenever he said it so i was like okay perfect um so i've always obviously you guys both know i love scream it's my favorite franchise um it's always been like what got me into horror along with goosebumps and are you afraid of the dark but I remember specifically when I started collecting horror stuff is when I knew that like this wasn't just my favorite genre that I liked to watch it was like kind of a lifestyle and how I wanted to be seen I guess by the public but I started collecting old ouija boards and like um uh like I had a, a Jason machete I'm looking around to see what my first ones were. I can't remember. But okay. when I started actually collecting horror and making it like an actual hobby is when I knew, you know, this is what I want to do and talk about because obviously I would watch them and like my husband watches them too, but he's not like so into horror. Like that's not mm-hmm. his, his thing, but I would talk to him about it. And I'm like, man, I mean, I, I'm talking your ear off about horror movies. Like I, I feel like I, you're just not getting it, you know, like I just, you need to get it. And he does a good job of supporting me and watching movies, but he's not like me. And so my sibling and I, we're very much like the horror, like wins. We both watch it and collect it and go Halloween shopping, but it still wasn't enough. So I was like, I need to make a podcast. Or a YouTube channel, which YouTube channel was not for me. I don't like being on camera. It makes me feel weird. But so I was like, let's try the podcast thing. Let's try the Twitch thing, you know, whatever. And so the podcast was really what like amplified. Okay, this is what I want my online personality to be. I want everyone to see me as mm-hmm. like the queen of spooky. Like that's, oh, she's spooky. That's me.
0: Exactly. You know? That's you. <laughs> that's her. That's her. <laughs> that's she's <laughs> so spooky. Uh, yeah, I absolutely, I love that, you know, uh, because like you kind of like kind of touched on, uh, taking horror besides like, you know, just the movies, like it is a lifestyle, you know, it's a lifestyle and culture. And I didn't even really start getting more into that until, until I started writing like uh, movie stuff and reviews and stuff. Um, like the early iterations of my YouTube channel, I was talking about like all movies, and the website that I like started writing for, like I was kind of writing about all movies, but then they were like, "Oh, hey, you really seem to be into the horror movies. Like, you will be like our like, you'll be like our go-to horror guy." So like, all the like big horror releases they like send to me, and then I was like, "Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm I'm cool with being the horror guy because yeah. I mean, again, I'd always I'd always loved horror movies, and then it was about around in that same time was whenever I saw It Follows. And then Mm. I saw It Follows at the Moxie Danielle. um, Oh. And I remember watching it, and it was like, I was like, oh, like, I was like, this isn't just like a movie. I was like, this is some art right here. Like, you know, like, this was like Mm -hmm. kind of my first introduction to like kind of art house horror, I guess. And I was like, oh, Mm -hmm. like, you can make movies, you can make horror movies, like, and make them slick and stylish. And, you know, kind of make these random choices and, like, how, like, the whole movie was, like, kind of, like, out of time, you know, and and mm-hmm. just the way it was filmed and uh, the whole premise behind it was just so unique and just, like, everything about it, I was just, like, this is what, like, horror movies can be. Like, they can be more. And, like, so, like, mm-hmm. that's whenever I wanted to talk about those movies more and I wanted to write and watch more of those movies. So it was around that time was whenever, like, it kind of clicked in for me. And then that's whenever I like started shifting my writing. Like I started writing for nightmare on film street, like specifically horror. And I like was only writing horror reviews. And then I was like, you know, like basically like, you know, funneling in like more of my watches into the horror category as well. So it was a, it, it was about yeah. that time that I was just like, Oh, I was like, there like, there, there's more to horror than just being scared, you know, and the experience mm-hmm. of it. Like there's more to it than that. And I, And I loved that. So what was what was uh, your moment, Anthony?
2: Hmm. I I don't know if I have a pinpoint moment. I think there's always been some type of gradation of interest. I remember, you know, very similar to Danielle, where my grandparents, they they almost kind of kickstarted my interest into it with um, the Twilight Zone. Very very big fan of the Twilight Zone and and Rod Serling. Um and then of course I read and watched Goosebumps. Um I think my first like scary Halloween costume was around maybe when I was 7 8 years old um and I was Ghostface. Um and I was still so young at that point that I couldn't have the mask in my room. I made I made my grandparents <laughs> turn the mask around because it was still so terrifying to me. Um, And then, yeah, as I got older, um, you know, I only got more interested in it. I would say high school was probably that time where I, you know, me and my best friend, um, you know, we were watching like we watched through the entire Saw series and Final Destination. Uh, We started watching through like all the wrong turns and Hills Have Eyes. And um, we, you know, we got into Evil Dead and. I remember, I, I don't think I've ever told anyone this on, on a podcast, so you'll get some very interesting exclusive. behind the scenes information here. Yeah. Um, but I really loved G4 when it was still on, and mm. I'm, I'm excited it's coming back. And I was a big fan of Attack of the Show. Um, oh yeah. So in high school, my my first idea yeah. of like a YouTube channel was like, I would love to do a, an Attack of the Show style horror show on YouTube. Um. And it was originally going to be called Hungry for Horror. Um, oh, yeah. Okay. And obviously, being a high schooler, not having any money, you know, that <laughs> that put a, a damper on things. Um, but I always kind of kept that idea in the back of my mind. So that was also probably something that pushed towards actually making something ghoulish. Um, but yeah, it's it's always been somewhat of a gradation. We would go to video stores mm-hmm. together, and I think. High school is when I started actually building a a movie collection too.
0: Oh, okay. Yeah, so uh, I I remember the G four days for sure as well. Like I remember just like being able like turn that channel and being like, what's gonna be on this channel? You know, I'm gonna be I'm gonna see something (laughs) something different, something interesting, something that people aren't talking about. You know, so uh, super excited that that is coming back. And uh, and if you want to revive hungry for horror. I'm here with you. I got you because <laughs> that sounds like a lot. Thank of, you. That sounds like a lot of fun. So before we get into uh, the movies that we're going to be discussing, we got three of them in the Bloody Pumpkins Bonanza today. I'm very excited. Um, but so that way we can kind of get a little bit of Danielle and Anthony's taste and uh, what they've been kind of watching recently. I asked you guys to. If you had a couple uh like recent watches or just like a recommendation to the audience that you guys would have, which one of you wants to go first?
3: So I recently watched um I mean I've watched so many movies lately because you know, hello quarantine, but <laughs> um I would say my favorite movie that I watched recently was Scare Me on Shudder. Mm. Um yeah, we just we actually just had josh rubin on the show about it but that's not why it was my favorite (laughs) it i love campy like silly scary movies and lately i feel like i've been watching like super serious sort of not right in your face like simple movies like Mm -hmm. my other two that i watched was the devil all the time and um i'm thinking of ending things which really isn't a horror movie but it's very like very weirdly dark and so scared me was just a a good breath of fresh air it was just had all the tropes of of horror and they included all their favorite like little easter eggs that you could find in there and they talked about halloween and all of that it was just really fun um but the devil all the time opposite very dark very 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 good it is so good like i I was texting Anthony I think wasn't it you that I was texting that you're like I'm like you have to watch this but we were on mm. the phone I was like you have to watch it you're like yeah I've been seeing that what's it about I'm like I can't tell you anything you just <laughs> <laughs> you literally just have to watch it but those movies and I, I'm thinking of ending things was okay to me it was very intriguing the whole time but the ending I didn't like maybe I'm not smart enough I don't get it I'm not I'm not like you know think outside the box enough but it was all
2: right but i do take any of this not believing in yourself
0: on (laughs) recorded
2: podcasts right now there there is here
0: (laughs) yeah there is no such thing as like it wasn't i can't get it you got what you got out of it and that's that's all that matters
2: yeah danielle
3: yes okay
0: so i'm gonna go full like henry
2: cavill mission impossible arms right now (laughs) (laughs) load them up
0: (laughs) Uh, I haven't seen any of those movies yet so thank you for recommendations for me as well. I've been excited yes. for The Devil all the time just cuz you know it has that like Midwest uh noir feel to it and oh, yeah. you know and Midwest and kid all And it. it. it's, got, it's got, everyone. got everyone
3: in
1: it. It's got everyone.
0: I mean I'm I'm always here for my boy Bobby Pats. I mean that's yeah. th- that's <laughs> the number one reason to watch it. So uh very excited to watch that one and I'm excited uh check out Scare Me. Uh it's on my shutter list I just haven't Gotten around to it yet? You know, lots of movies. Like, you know, I was like scrolling to like kind of try and pick mine, and I was just like, well, most of the movies I'm watching are either for the podcast or I've already talked about (laughs) them in like some way. Um, so like kind of just going back through, um, I did watch uh, uh, Tenabra for the first time, uh, some Argento nice or Tenebrae. I'm not sure, I'm not (laughs) Italian. (laughs) But um, I've been trying to explore, you know, uh, I love Jalo. I really do. Uh, The genre in general, I just think it's really cool. It fits my, you know, just like kind of my aesthetic. And I absolutely love them. Even if they are like, I mean, you want to talk about like slashers in the 80s all being the same. I mean, lots of Jalos are like almost all the same, except for just like, you know, the unique flair that whatever director puts on it but this one um was a lot of fun it um it had also another score not by goblin but by at least 3 of the members of goblin cuz like nice. it, it was like a whole thing it was actually like I think there were only 5 members and like the other 2 members like didn't want to do it but then the one of them that didn't want to do it like also wouldn't give them the naming rights to goblin um mm. so but it's a it's like a complete switch up from like like I feel like Tanabura is like in a, a, a like inverse of of like Suspiria or something like that because it's just like it is like very like grounded and kind of has this like sterile look to it and it's like very bright, mm. and um. But I absolutely love it. It's just about you know slasher going around. Um, it, it's involved with the author of this book. Um, because the first kill is like made with the book. Um, one of my favorite kills that I've seen in a Zhao movie, that's what I love about Jalo, is I love the um, um, uniqueness to the kills. Like, there's a lot of variety, and I like seeing what people come up with. And then it's just, like, it's super dramatic, too. Like, it's, like, mm-hmm. so, so dramatic, and I absolutely l- love that. So, if you guys haven't seen that one, which I'm sure you guys have seen it, I was just kind of late on it, but... Um, I actually
3: haven't seen it, so I'm into it.
0: Yeah, I mean, if you, if, like, I mean, you know what... It, if you if you like Jallo, then you'll like this. Like that's, you know, typically how it kinda goes. It's like if you know it's your thing or not. So if you know <laughs> if you think you're into it, you'll probably enjoy it. And then I wanted to shout out because I was gonna I meant to shout it out on the uh, Ernest Scared Stupid episode, like when we were like talking <laughs> about like family horror and stuff like that. And I wanted to like fit it into this month but I just couldn't get to it. it is fucking I rewatched I mean, I've seen it, I don't know how many times, but then, like, just watching it, uh, hanging out with some friends. Scooby-Doo on Zombie Island is, hell like... Hell, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, it is primo animated horror. Like, I mean, I was, like, watching it, this most recent time that I watched it, I was just like, man, like, it is so good like just as a like a really good movie i mean it's got fucking zombies it's got cat people <laughs> it's got voodoo it's got everything you want and i it's mean got,
3: you? it's got sugar ray
0: <laughs> oh sugar ray comes in in the live action scooby-doo
3: oh i was thinking of the live action shit
0: live oh, action it's scooby-doo it's, Doo is spooky island see spooky I island was, zombie island. island two different What's islands
3: to watch zombie island then well, I guess I'll watch that
0: today. I've not seen Zombie Island, Danielle. I don't know. It's one of the animated uh, ones that they did in like '99. It was oh, like probably. It was like what? It was like what kind of jump-started like Scooby-Doo again? You know, because it'll kind of yes. it'll go down and then Scooby-Doo always comes back from the dead. So right. this was like kind of the uh, start of the direct to uh vhs scooby-doo movies but this one actually had theatrical release and they wrote it and they were like we want it to be real monsters and ghosts uh we want to actually be creepy like we want to be creepy we want to be mature you know it had uh it has like a really good score to it it has some original music bangers in there as well Mm -hmm. Uh, i just can't stress enough it's on netflix right now and it's like such a great october movie I have a really
2: interesting story regarding that film, by the way, if I could share it with you guys, please. So Scooby-Doo Zombie Island, all time favorite Scooby-Doo animated film. Um, And so on Cast, we, of course, wanted to talk to the director. I believe it was Jim Stenstrom who directed Mm -hmm. that. Mm -hmm. And so I found his contact. We reached out to him and he responded, which is awesome and he said hey anthony thank you for thinking of me um but i unfortunately to say i'd rather drive a uh, railroad spike through my head than talk about (laughs) scooby-doo again um he's like it nothing to do with you your show sounds great and of course you know i was like you know talking to like a someone who influenced my childhood in this big way. I was like, "Oh, all right, no problem." Okay. Yeah, wow. On. Yeah, that's fine. Um but he's like, "I may have some Scooby-Doo Zombie Island stuff laying around. You know, what's your address? Maybe I could send you some things." Um and so he ended up sending me these like screen print um almost like animation cells and some original drawings from Scooby-Doo Zombie Island
0: um, oh. that I still
2: have. Um, and it was like just such a mind-blowing moment.
0: That's really, I mean, that's cool that he was just like, like upfront about it. Like, cause I can imagine <laughs> like whenever you're just asked about the same movie all the time, you know, mm-hmm. like I, I totally like could get that. Especially like if you're a director, like hasn't really gotten to do much else, you know, and that's all everybody wants to talk to you about. But so that's cool that he was like, "Hey, I, I'd rather not," but he appreciated that, like, you're a fan and like, you know, and uh, doing doing that, like, because like obviously he didn't like have to go out of his way to do something like that. So so that's really yeah, cool, absolutely. though. You yeah. know, uh, that's that's a, just a very strange interaction, I guess. <laughs> like, you know, that's just strange more than anything.
2: Absolutely, uh, yeah, yeah.
0: But killer movie, like, uh, it's it's so good. I, I'm gonna have to watch a uh, witch's ghost here here soon as well because Chef i i go back and beautiful. forth between those two as my favorite i can't really decide like they're both fantastic so we shall see after the rewatch but anthony did you have a couple uh recent watches recommendations
2: yeah um so Since, like, quarantine and and kind of the pandemic has been going on, I've I've found it really hard to watch new things, but I've actually managed to watch at least a couple new things in the last few weeks. Um, They're not horror, but the two things I have watched, uh, Hotel Artemis, um, fairly newer, um, came out within the last few years. Um, It's almost like if, like, the John Wick Hotel meet met, like, Blade Runner or something, um, it's like all these assassins in this hotel trying to kill one another while well, they have like all this nanite tech and it's like in LA during like the riots and things. And it's actually very timely and odd because they're like fighting the police and things. And, um, and then the other one that I watched, uh, fairly recent came out a few months ago was, uh, Josh Trank's, uh, Capone film. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it, it's so odd it is very odd it's a uh, it, it takes place during the last years of uh capone's life it's tom hardy as al capone and it's uh honestly kind of haunting like it it's some odd choices but it's i sad. think the overall direction is really really unsettling
0: it's like sad <laughs> like yeah it is yeah definitely not the movie that i was expecting it to be or what anyone expected it to be um, I mean, I, I, I just wanted Josh Trank. I was rooting for Josh Trank, you know, just cause I was like, you know, it's his movie back. And like, um, I didn't love it, but I won't say that I won't watch it again.
2: <laughs> yeah. No, like, that's totally fair. Yeah. I'm a, I'm a big, uh, like mob, uh, like gangster movie fan. And, um, so like you think Al Capone, you're like, Oh, it's gonna, you know, be kind of similar gangster movie fashion. Cool. Um, but it's not, you know, it's it's old Al Capone like shitting his bed and um which literally happens <laughs> repeatedly. Um, you know, he has like dementia, he's like having nightmares. Um, he thinks like you know, everyone's out to get him kind of thing. It's so so odd, but very interesting to watch just Tom Hardy have fun with it. It's definitely one of his more odd performances along with uh,
0: like Bronson watching him in Bronson is Mm -hmm. just
2: so like interesting.
0: I mean, that's what I'll like. I, I, I do enjoy Tom Hardy a lot. I don't love his acting as much as a lot of other people, but what Mm -hmm. I do enjoy is that he is always going to make some interesting choices and he is always (laughs) going to be having fun. Like, well,
2: you know, most of his acting choices are just like 75% grunts.
0: Yes. Grunts and just weird looks, weird accents like I hated that movie Legend, but he was he was doing a lot in it. I'll give him that, you know. Very true. Very true. Yeah. And it is, in Hotel Artemis, it's like I I skipped it because it just like kind of I don't know, it, it kind of did say that way. But then once you start mentioning it's like more in the future and there's nanites and things like that if they would have sold the movie more like that, I would have been way more interested because now I'm totally going to watch it.
2: Yeah. And it's like, you know, Jodie Foster is kind of like the the nurse, right? You know, the, yeah. Like the, almost like the main character. Or she in runs it, too. it. And like Dave Bautista and, um, uh,
0: mm-hmm. they, they have a few people in there.
2: A few, few big names.
0: And isn't, uh, isn't, uh, homie from John wick in it. Um, the The concierge from John Wick isn't he in it? Uh, uh, no, the- I don't. Theodore think so. Riddick, or I think, is his name, something like that. Nah, I, I don't believe so. I Charlie Day is in it too, actually. Oh, well, that's
2: mm. interesting. Yeah, he plays like this jackass arms dealer. It's great. Oh, that sounds <laughs> that
0: sounds perfect. Like that is yeah. that sounds just about right. So yeah, so <laughs> I'll definitely check that one out. And I also I thought it was interesting how you said like um you know with the quarantine. I mean, obviously, like there's not new stuff coming out in theaters, and and there's been a bunch of, like, new stuff still coming on streaming, but then, like, I've kind of been the same way as, like, I've taken this time to, like, just re-watch a lot of things, and, like, just, <laughs> like, re-watching a bunch of stuff, stuff that, like, I don't know, I guess maybe it's a comfort thing during the quarantine times of like, you know, like definitely watching some that you're familiar with. And then like, also like, just cause, uh, like I, I watch movies and take notes, you know, even if I'm not doing it for the podcast. So it's like, I like to do that and like, kind of just like learn the new things and stuff. So yeah, a lot more rewatches, uh, than new releases for me, for sure. Like I've watched more movies this year than I have in the past, like four years, but only <laughs> like 30, like new releases. So It's been uh, definitely skewed in the rewatch department. Mm -hmm. But I think we are sufficiently warmed up for the podcast, guys. We got uh, lots of movies to talk about. So let's just go ahead. And I didn't give them the order of it. We're just going to kind of, you guys are going to roll with me. That's all (laughs) we're doing. We're winging it. Sleepy Hollow, released in 1999, directed by Tim Burton, written by Andrew Kevin Walker and Kevin Yeager, who um, is known for doing the special effects makeup for uh, Freddy Krueger and the Crypt Keeper. This movie won the Oscar for Art Direction. And fun fact, the studio wanted Daniel Day-Lewis for Akebog Crane, but of course, you know, Timmy B and his love affair with Johnny Depp he, he got Johnny in there, and as if Daniel Day-Lewis would have done this movie anyways. But, um, absolutely love Sleepy Hollow. I think it's the perfect intro into, like, spooky season. Like, I watch it always at the beginning of October. So, which one of you guys picked this movie?
3: I think we both discussed these
0: movies and
3: picked okay. them all the same. I think So, they're
0: all joint decisions? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay, cool, cool, cool. Um, but yeah, uh, so let, let's start with Danielle. What what do you love about this movie? What uh, kind of sticks out to you and why did you want to talk about it?
3: So obviously Tim Burton's um, style of film is always fun. Um, and joining, like you said, him and Johnny Depp together. Johnny Depp's just so good at being weird. And Ichabod Crane or Sleepy Hollow, the Disney short, has always been one of my favorite Like things to watch. I watch it like Mm -hmm. still to this day, I'm 31 years old and I watch it like three times a year. I just put it on on YouTube and watch it (laughs) because it's like just a short, but I think he did a really good job of being like this weird, awkward Ichabod Crane. Um, And I just, I usually don't have interest in horror movies or any movie really in this time period. I, it's weird. I just Mm. think that they're fine. Like I think they're fine, but not really. I won't see a movie in this time period and be like, wow, that's going to be something I want to see. I don't know. It's just never what I'm into, but Tim Burton's very like whimsical and, and fun. Um, And I, I, I don't know, I just really like this movie and how it portrays Ichabod Crane and the Headless Horseman's really fun um, and dark and spooky.
0: yeah, it's fun <laughs> it, it it's is fun. It, it really is just it's a fun, spooky story um, based on the Legend of Sleepy Hollow originally written by Washington Irving. Um, Yeah, I love that you mentioned the short because I remember watching that Disney short all the time as well. And like I remember like being young, it like was actually like pretty scary for some reason. Oh, yeah. And and of course, yeah, Tim Burton uh, does such a great job of uh, taking that story, putting his stamp all over it. Like it's very much (laughs) a very this is a very Tim Burton movie in general. Um, People would argue that this is his quote unquote last good horror movie. Or his last Absolutely. good movie, and I was like, "Okay, come on!" Like people give Tim Burton way too hard of a time for some reason, but people are pretty universally on board with Sleepy Hollow, which I appreciate. Mm-hmm. So we do a little segment at the beginning of each movie called the Genre Grinder, where we kind of take the movie and uh, we grind it up even into the smaller subgenres. Obviously, everything we're talking is horror, and this whole month is Halloween horror and uh this does take place around halloween i would assume i don't think the month is ever mentioned but i just like to assume that it is in october and yeah. um so again like so danielle already mentioned we have tim burton's kind of signature style is that a subgenre no but it is like just something that obviously sticks out whenever you watch the movie we got uh, <laughs> some great gothic uh horror elements here like this does take place in 1799 So, I mean, it's very gothic, like, directly. And then we also have some supernatural elements with the Headless Horseman being this beyond-the-dead entity of sorts. So, of, like, some of the subgenre stuff, uh, what would stick out to you, Anthony, about Sleepy Hollow?
2: It definitely has, like, um, an American folk horror, like, old-American folk horror, like, uh, gothic-American. Or um, even, like... uh like Southern Gothic, I, I, I should I could even say too, even though it's probably most obviously in the north. Um, but no, I I think you hit the nail on the head when saying like you know there's the opening scene of the film where, uh you know Ichabod Crane is first uh, going to town and they're having some type of Halloween, like party or dance or something because there are jack o' lanterns, uh there. So it's definitely during that season. Um, so I would say like Gothic horror somewhat um i think like there's definitely that expressionist element there which is so profound in a lot of horror films and more specifically gothic horror um let's see so i think folk horror gothic horror um like southern gothic um i don't know and, and definitely like a i don't know there I, I love like the folklore of it too yeah um so perfect so perfect
0: yeah it kind of feels like you're watching like someone like tell a bedtime story almost like in certain yeah in certain ways like uh definitely very strong in the gothic elements and um with the expressionist elements as well like because you just kind of have this feel that tim burton um i love how he kind of went with this like almost like black and white look like it almost looks monochrome you know but then the reds and the greens like stick out like super extra saturated you know Mm -hmm. and it uh and just like kind of puts you in this space that's like okay like this is familiar but slightly off you know like things are just slightly off and i i always love that kind of aesthetic uh into a movie um, but yeah, so Ichabod Crane, he is getting sent to Sleepy Hollow. Um, apparently, he's been fucking up cases in Hit in America, so they're like, you know what? We'll prove it. Go uh, figure out this shit in Sleepy Hollow. Take your science with you. You know, he's trying <laughs> to he's trying to bring modern investigation techniques, all that jazz, into it. So of course, they're sending a science man to go investigate a paranormal crime and we all know how that goes you know they get turned <laughs> they get turned into a believer once uh the shit starts going down and um but it's it's pretty simple you know people are getting their heads cut off Ichabod's trying to find out who and why um we also have uh, such a wonderful cast in this movie uh obviously Johnny Depp we have a very young Christina Ricci um, Miranda Richardson, who was absolute queen in this movie. Um, mm-hmm. Michael Gambon, Casper Van Dien, who sticks out like a sore thumb. Oh my goodness. <laughs> I mean, it might just be he his really chin. Does. It might just be his chin, but he just sticks out, uh, so much. Um, you know, we have a lot of, uh, but then we have the usual, you know, Tim Burton people in there. Um, we have Christopher Lee in there for a hot minute, Danny Elfman on the music, um, it's just all the usual, like, like all the elements that Tim Burton just, like, works with, like, so well was all there, like, in this film. Um, mm-hmm. So, I, you know, I don't like to spend time just recapping this entire movie. I just like to say, you know, <laughs> some of the things that we love about it. Um, so, off the bat, let's talk, I didn't mention the cast, Christopher Walken fast <laughs> <Best>. why you, <laughs> like you you take an actor who is like one of the most unique talkers in hollywood and they hire him just to go ah for <laughs> for any time he's on screen uh absolutely love it inspired decision uh danielle what's just uh something ram that you love here
3: i actually wrote down a few notes of something i love one um i i totally forgot about the scene where he finds the first headless victim and he has a little chemical pour around it. And he's like, yep, I care what he said. He's like, yep, it's blood or like, yeah, it's activity was here or something like that. And I'm like, <laughs> you needed this bubbly chemical to tell you that this dude's been decapitated. <laughs> um, I don't know. I always remember that. And of course, where he is using his little toolie tool to, go inside the body and the blood squirts onto his goggles. That's like the most iconic moment of this whole movie to me. I don't know why. Maybe it's something I remember when I was little. Um, I mean, there, but it's
0: just, there is a recurring motif of Ichabod getting blood splashed on his face. Like multiple times. It kind of yeah. gets erotic. Cause I mean, Johnny Depp is looking on point <laughs> here as Ichabod Crane. Like, let's just say that Absolutely. he is a, he's a sassy, sassy snack.
3: Yes. <laughs> And I I think for, I mean, not even for ninety, ninety nine, but in general, I just really like how they did the the Headless Horseman. And like when he tosses his jack-o'-lantern head at Johnny Depp and has a little slow-mo like rolling in the air at him and bonks him on the head. Like, I don't know. That's just all, it's all fun to me. I, I like fun movies like that.
0: Yeah, it makes for it makes for like really good imagery just in general. Like mm-hmm. I, I think of some of the imagery, like you know the very opening scene where the guy's getting like hunted in the field, and then you get the blood splatter on the pumpkin on the jack lantern, and then I'm like, boom, yeah. spooky. And then, like, when the Headless Horseman, like, rears up on his horse, like, in and casts the, like, cool silhouette, I'm like, boom, spooky, mm. you know? like yeah, just it's the, just fun spooky. Yeah, like, it, it does definitely generate just, like, really great, um, great imagery. And the Headless Horseman was a team effort between Christopher Walken, obviously, doing the face and all that stuff. But then it was uh, Ray Park who plays Darth Maul in Star Wars The Phantom Menace and plays Toad in X-Men. And he's been a stunt guy in a lot of things. He does all the like action stuff for the Headless Horseman and all the fighting and whatnot. But, oh,
2: that's awesome. I love that.
0: Yeah, I had no idea. Yeah, dude knows how to fight with some axes. That's for sure. He, <laughs> he, he, he swings it. Uh, what were some uh, things that stood out to you on this uh, most recent watch, Anthony?
2: I think um, one of my favorite, like, favorite things about... Uh, Sleepy Hollow is it's kind of like the Crucible on steroids um, <laughs> you know it's like if you took the uh, Crucible film with uh, Winona Ryder you just desaturated everything and then you know threw Tim Burton into the mix and you know it it's so good it's so perfect it's one of those films that every time I watch it it's just so fun to see it unfold my my favorite um, pieces of imagery from this film is when he's chopping at the tree and blood is just gushing Mm -hmm. it's it's such a perfect image and it i feel like it encapsulates you know that with the blood on the pumpkin but him chopping at the tree the blood going everywhere the heads like this is why i love this film you know it knows exactly what it is it knows exactly what it wants um and it it balances its tone and it's comedy Mm -hmm. so effortlessly
0: yeah i mean what is creepier than a bleeding tree you know like i absolutely love that it's just like the tree's bleeding and then he pulls it back and it's just like a shit ton of heads just stuffed into the roots of the tree and it's just like so just like i mean you know
2: it's it's it almost has like roots in like the divine comedy right like in in the very beginning as they're going through the forest it's actually these people that are grown into the trees and i think they break a branch off and it starts bleeding and the person's crying like you know so even having maybe these old religious style references in there too just it it works it, it works.
0: Oh, yeah. I mean, yeah, there's definitely a lot of religious references, especially in, you know, the mm-hmm. little set piece at the end in the church um, when you get people getting crucified in there and shit. And, you know, it's great. But, yeah, I love how you said, like, the the movie knows what it is. It is definitely the tone and everything is just, like, locked in, like – The and it does like blend like I noticed on this time around I was like you know what like these like action scenes are like really good like well choreographed there's like not a bunch of cutting and stuff like this was before they got to that taken style of editing action with a million cuts you know Um, it worked out uh, really 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 well in here and also the pacing is just fantastic like it breezes by like it's a, it's an oh, yeah. hour it's an hour 45 but you literally don't feel it at all
2: no, you're always kind of at the, at the edge of your seat, you know, you're waiting for the next thing. You're, you're like, where's this going to go? What is it going to do? And of course, you know, Johnny Depp and all the other players in the film are so fun to watch um, with their facial expressions and just blood getting everywhere and how gross everything is, but how like meek and mannered everyone's trying to be <laughs> while handling this just bizarre situation. <laughs>
0: That is so true, like, because these are, like, you know, we're dealing with, like, the aristocrats of the town uh, for mm-hmm. most of the supporting cast, and, yeah, so it's, like, they really, yeah, don't know what's going on. It's kind of like a similar, uh, they kind of did a similar thing with it in Ready or Not uh, this past year, you know, when yes. you have this, like, rich family not used to blood and violence and stuff like that. Um, they kinda kinda traces of that here and I I love it because it's just like, yeah, like there's this like killing machine. Like, I mean, every time the headless horseman does it, I love how like easy it is. Like, I mean, the heads just like come off and like a little steam comes off the neck too. That's <laughs> yeah, such a like Tim Burton detail. detail. Yeah. <laughs> like, that's such a Tim Burton thing to do of just like, yeah, some, mm-hmm. some steam coming off of it. And
2: uh, I guess on the subject of Tim Burton, like you know, kind of what you s- said and what we're elaborating further on is with these aristocrats dealing with this horrid situation. Tim Burton has always been mm-hmm. such a phenomenal director with dealing with juxtaposition. Even think of like Edward Scissorhands, right? You have this perfect, Suburban. almost like Florida, you know, cookie cutter neighborhood, and then mm-hmm. you have this you know, house on Haunted Hill thing at the very edge.
0: Yeah, like it's it's very much, he, he's all about stark contrast, you know? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, whether that be goths with pale skin and black hair or in the uh, in his theme sense you know either way he is really great with that uh, contrast Um, one thing um, I guess this is just the one criticism that I did come to That's it's totally unrelated what we were talking about Um, but as far as like uh, Tim Burton's usual players I suppose I think this is like my least favorite Elfman score and it's not bad either it's just like I don't know. Feels kind of not up to his standards. And that was one thing I was like disappointed in looking back on. But it's still not bad. I mean, it does what it's supposed to do. But like, that's like if everything was firing on all cylinders, that's like the like one thing that is just like kind of like eh, the little squeak on the gear to me. I don't know. But that's just like such a silly nitpick, though.
3: Yeah, I could agree with that. Because when you hear Danny Elfman's like scoring something, it's like, oh, this is going to be top tier like s tier scoring and i i mean it's good it fits the movie but it's not like yeah. it's not like what you think of when you think of other things danny elfman's done
0: yeah it's just kinda, it just kind of i agree it lacks his like i don't know his little special touch something about it just uh wasn't there um, mm-hmm. but yeah, just, uh, something I wanted to shout out as a little random note, but I mean, uh, of all the things that, you know, to complain about in the movie though, like, you know, things could be way worse, of course. <laughs> Another random note that I have here, because this is a common thread that I noticed between these three movies is, um, we have, you know, we picked all Halloween-y movies, uh, for the episode, of course. Um, so they all have you know those elements to it but the like very random specific through line is all these movies we got some dead kids in the house and the listeners oh, yeah. and the listeners fuck know kids. yes <laughs> fuck them kids the listeners know that I love when you kill some kids in a movie and I always like it, like it's like so funny that I always know it's coming in this movie when the horseman like goes into that family's place you know and, mm-hmm. uh, the kid, kid runs under the floorboards and he's hiding, kills the dad, kills the mom. And then the headless horseman, he's walking out and then he like, hears just like a slight creak and he comes back. You thought the kid was off the hook? Nah, son. <laughs> headless horseman goes back in, fucks that kid up. And like, I love how it's done that you just see him go back in and then just cuts to him walking out and stuffing his bag. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, fuck oh, them kids.
2: Good.
3: Man, I didn't even notice that there were dead kids in all these movies. That's badass.
2: <laughs> I what does that say about us? <laughs> <laughs>
3: that's, I mean, everyone already knows how I feel about children, so it doesn't say anything new for me. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I mean, Tim Burton's never shied away from, like, imposing the horrors of the world on children, you know? Like, he he he's one of the people that's like, hey, kids get it just like the rest of us do, you know?
2: Yep. I, too, grew
0: up worrying about the Headless Horseman. <laughs> it was Quicksand and the Headless Horseman. That's what we were all worried yeah. about.
2: Yeah. Still haven't dealt with Quicksand yet, but that Headless Horseman, ooh. I'm still yeah.
0: running. <laughs> still running. Um, I wanted to... So, I mean, we have the Headless Horseman, who is obviously, like, a, a, a iconic figure, you know, like, between literature and, like, his film appearances. Like, Very iconic for sure. But then it's like, oh yeah, you don't, he's not even the real horror of the, or the real villain of the movie. You know, Mm -hmm. we have Miranda Richardson, the stepmom, who is like later on revealed to be pulling the strings behind everything. I mean, she, she was like pulling like gone girl levels of schemes here (laughs) is what I noticed in rewatching this. I was like, she is going through a lot of effort. And, like, I mean, and the fact that she just, like, has command over this, like, you know, Hellspawn horseman is, uh, yeah. she's, she's kind of crazy. and <laughs> Could you that-
2: imagine, like, a David Fincher sleepy hollow film? <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, and then bring Rosamund Pike in to play this role right here. Like, and that would
2: honestly give me chills.
0: <laughs> like, oof, oof, but, like... I love her, like, monologuing at the end, you know? Like, her her performance just, like, totally flips, you know? Like, she has been, like, so sweet and mild-mannered, like, as, like, the stepmom throughout the whole movie. And then, like, when you start putting the pieces together, you see her, like, start changing her hair, and, like, her, like, makeup is different. And Mm. then it, like... She's,
3: like, slowly turning.
0: Yeah. And then she, and then it's, like by the end she's like you know in a more like witchy gown she's got like this crazy hairstyle going on like the the whole 9 yards and then she's just like animated as hell from like here on out is just uh <laughs> I really love that and uh, Miranda Richardson also plays her sister uh, the the witch in the tree as well. Mm. Mm. Interesting.
3: Yeah. Yeah, that slow change of hers is very Tim Burton style. It's very like very something he's he he would do with the the slow change of the into the witchy ness.
0: Yeah, for sure. Like in um, yeah, it's it's a very just like again, it's like he he does these like you know stark contrasts, and so it's like mm-hmm. she just literally does like her one eighty into into the true villain role of this. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, but it it comes off natural though. It works. Everything about this movie works. Like. Like, I really just, like, I like watching it, I mean, I literally watched it, I think, like, only, like, four months ago, and then it still felt, like, fresh, and I was still, like, enjoying, like, every moment. Like, uh, like Anthony said, like, you just, every time you watch it, like, you're just still, like, happy about, like, what's unfolding. Um, yeah. And uh, just a couple more shouts before we move on to the next movie, I wanted to say one. There's a lot of really great kills in here. Not only just decapitations, we have a really good bisection as well. Like in the the little uh, sword fight between, uh, yeah, between Homie and in the headless horseman, and then like they're like doing it really sweet bisection. I like a good bisection in a film. <laughs> Who doesn't? <laughs> yeah, and then uh, and I love. Um, I also love. You know how horny this movie is always forget about that like <laughs> yes there's yes. always people making out in the shadows or on trees or you know who knows what Miranda Richardson though like when she sli- like cuts her hand while she's like making out like rubs on her back I was like get it queen fucking get it yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah uh Sleepy Hollow fantastic movie it's always a fantastic introduction um into the spooky season like I said um, but ah, can never get enough of that movie. Hulk! Next up, we have Halloween 3, released in 1982. Halloween 3, season of The Witch, the uh, infamous Halloween without Michael Myers in it. Horror fans be like stop it please for god's sake please stop it there's no more time you've got to <laughs> please stop it stop it now turn it off
1: turn it off stop it stop it
3: stop it stop it stop it stop it, stop
2: it. i'm glad i'm glad you had that queued up
3: <laughs> yes absolutely
0: <laughs> oh i mean it's um there's so much So much to say about this movie. By the way, this was my first time finally watching Season of the Witch.
3: Oh, wow.
0: Yeah, this was this. I've been I don't know why I'd been I've been waiting to watch it. And uh, and I don't know. And then finally, I was like, it's time. It is time. Um, Halloween 3 Season of the Witch directed by Tommy Lee Wallace and written by Tommy Lee Wallace as well. Deborah Hill and John Carpenter did produce on this film. Um, and it is known as because they had the idea that they wanted the Halloween franchise to continue on, but as more of an anthology, uh, instead of you know a continuation of Michael Myers, they wanted to do away with Michael Myers and they just wanted to tell other um stories, and it would all just like kind of be stuff set around the time of Halloween, which I really love this idea, which we'll touch on at the end of the episode um but yeah so but then it definitely has its cult following of people that absolutely love this film um people like me who aren't like the biggest fan of the halloween franchise or michael myers i suppose i absolutely love this movie i think it is the best halloween sequel yeah i said it i'm one of those people but um let's uh let's get your guys' thoughts uh uh, Danielle, you you got some thoughts I hear.
3: Um, so I also hadn't seen this movie like throughout my life, I guess. I only watched it for the first time probably like a year and a half ago, maybe. I don't – I watched too many movies to know the timeline. But I watched it like a year and a half ago because my mom – Michael Myers and Halloween is my mom's favorite franchise and she got me into horror movies when I was younger and she would always say like Halloween 3 is the worst one of all of them it doesn't even have Michael Myers in it how could you know how could this be part of the franchise Yada yada whatever so I'm like okay well I'm not watching that one I guess and so I wouldn't watch it but then once I got more into like horror Twitter and people talking on there everyone's like saying it's the best one and their favorite, and they would share the Shamrock uh masks, and I'm like, wait a second, like this seems fun. And so I watched it and like it was almost like so weird that I had to watch it again because I couldn't like get what was happening. I'm like, so this isn't Michael Myers. I I like I don't get that it's not in the same universe. Like I like I was so confused, but um, it's. I think it's really fun. It almost hypnotizes you with that fucking sound that you played. <laughs> like I almost can't handle it. Like earlier, I was watching it again to revisit it, and my husband's like, "I have to shut this door. I don't know what you're watching <laughs> in here, but it's just." He's like, "I have no idea what you're watching, but it just keeps happening. Like it just keeps happening. That's what all he said. I'm like, yeah, it just keeps happening. It'll it'll happen forever, but." I really like this movie. Um, I know we'll talk more about what happens in the movie, um, but there just ain't nothing like the part where the kid dies. <laughs> I well,
0: the part where the kid
1: dies.
3: <laughs> ah. And so we'll talk more about that. I don't want to, we'll go into it, but I like this movie. Um, I think that it would have been, I don't know if I would say better, but maybe it would have been better reciprocated from people if it was an actual sequel instead of the third one because it's it's kind of thrown in there after two which goes right in after one so it's kind of like okay so we are doing a continuation and it's like just kidding we're not oh just kidding we are and so I understand why people would be weirded out about it but ah who cares it's fun
0: yeah, i th- I think you're I think you're completely right. Like, yeah if it if it would have just been the second one, then it's like, okay, yeah, this is the universe. It's a different story every time. But yeah, you can't give people two of them and then be like, ha sucker, mm-hmm. and then and then pull it back. <laughs> uh, what was yeah. your history with this uh, movie, Anthony? When was the first time you saw it? I
2: I couldn't say I. I remember Halloween two was, I think my first Halloween film I ever watched. And I was way too young to watch it. (laughs) Um, and then of course, when I was older, I revisited the first Halloween. And then, um, I want to say I first watched this film within the last maybe five years. Um, and I adore it. I, I, I adore this film so much. I think, um, One of the things that I think this does much better than the entire Halloween franchise is hones in on that aesthetic and vibe of Halloween so well um, with Mm -hmm. the masks and the television and, you know, the kids running around. And it it almost, like, conjures up just, like, the build-up to this holiday, except the build-up in this is something horrific and... (laughs) truly awful um but yeah i i absolutely adore this film to death um i i if we could rank the halloween films it would definitely
0: probably be number 2 uh, out mm-hmm. of all of them i mean it's like it's interesting cuz you it's obviously hard to rank this one cuz it is the outlier of the franchise right but but kind of like what you said it's like this film, like, really does just, like, feel like Halloween, like, it does, and, like, the Halloween franchise does, like, really, it's just because it takes place on Halloween, but, like, it doesn't, it's not as important as, like, I mean, this, that just is the whole vibe for this, so, like, I totally agree, and that's, like, what does, like, excite me about the idea of, like, oh, yeah, they should have, like, kept going with just, like, this idea of, like, what, different things that can happen on Halloween. Um, mm-hmm. I would have I would have definitely been in on that. So let's go ahead and put this one through the genre grinder real quick because, again, this is so different than the Halloween franchise, which is obviously a slasher series. Um, we have no Michael Myers here. Uh, Halloween actually exists as a movie within this movie, which I thought that yeah. was... I think that's a really cool detail. Um, so... Um, instead of it being a slasher here, I mean, they went, I mean, the complete opposite way because we got like some sci-fi in here because we got androids running around. But then mm-hmm. they're also like they're kind of witch androids or, you know, we got so it's like we got witchcraft and then we got like the sci-fi element going on. And, in, in, and it's also this like interesting road movie because like um uh, Tom Atkins here as uh <laughs> Doctor as Dr. Dan. He is not your typical like horror hero which no. makes it just like really that's like what make is the most interesting thing to me in this movie is like he is just like so not a like typical protagonist hero like at all. He is like this, you know, pervy doctor. He's like, you know, and <laughs> And he, in, like, he's, like, kind of taking advantage of this, like, gal, like, trying to, like, help her, like, solve the, the mystery. But he's, like, yeah, I'll help you. But then, like, also let's just, like, bang and, you know, sleep together <laughs> and all this other stuff. And, like, I'm, like, that's kind of weird. But, like, he is also just, like, so charming and stuff that you can't help but, like, to, like, just, like, follow him on this, like, weird journey that he goes on. And it's Mm -hmm. just, like, so it's so strange. But then I love um, the androids in this movie, like, as far as, like, the sci-fi elements go. um, I love it. Like, they're just really weird. These android assassins that are going around in suits just killing people, like, in, like, such inhumane ways. But then killing them, like, you know, destroying themselves afterwards, too. It was just, like, and the the score, like, leans more on, like, the sci-fi sound of just, like instead of it like actually being like themes, you know, it's just like using the synth as just like ambient, like sound. Like it's most of the time they're just like holding a note, you know, with like, mm-hmm. and then they would uh, add in like other like frequency blips from like other sounds and stuff. It was, uh, so it's like super interesting and kind of like Danielle said, it adds to that hypnotic nature of the film because you have the, you have the uh, silver shamrock chant going on, all throughout the movie but then also the score doing it as well just like really locking you in and yeah like because like for a bit I, I just like kind of forget it's there and then I'm like oh yeah I'm like what's that it, like it was like once the movie was like done <laughs> then I was like wait wh- where'd the sound go you know yeah <laughs> it's uh it, it, it's super strange uh Anthony on this uh rewatch uh, what kind of uh elements really stuck out to you Hmm.
2: I I do really love that the androids like bleed orange juice. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it yeah, it's not even blood. It's it's like orange juice completely. Um I would say, you know, the the later Halloween films kind of start getting into weird cult areas mm-hmm. and I think this is probably the best example of like a horror movie cult in a way where it's not it's not your typical like folk horror type element but it's definitely has like roots in that um you know getting into this like celtic gaelic uh old world um origins of halloween almost like getting back to its roots um i i love kind of what you mentioned too where it's this blend of almost science fiction meets like supernatural elements uh meets like (laughs) <laughs> you know true detective basically yeah you know <laughs> like a 1982 true detective halloween special um wow yeah.
0: that is what this movie is <laughs> Shit, yes, i didn't even absolutely. think about that but that's exactly what this movie is because like like <laughs> dr dan is totally like a true de- true detective character like the the fla- the very very flawed protagonist you know Whoa, you just blew my mind. <laughs> 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 ah, I love it. That's why I love, like, finding these, like, just, like, the weird details within this movie. And, I mean, and honestly, I still don't even know what the cult really wanted. I know there was, like, you know, some brainwashed stuff, and that's some commentary on, like, you know, commercialism, I suppose. And at the time, like, when, you know, TV was getting popular and you know they the world was fearing that kids would be glued to the television you know and so it's like the the whole like cult stuff at the end I'm I was just here for it for the performance you know for Mm -hmm. um yeah um Mr. Mr. Cochran uh Dan Dan O'Harely um he he is real fun in this uh very swarmy and just like (laughs) Um, I I, I love the performances like all across the board like I'll say like as far as like the Halloween franchise goes like this is like maybe not the best acted but at the same time the most like interesting and best performances like in a Halloween movie in my opinion.
2: Absolutely. Yeah. I think it's layered. It, it has a lot of lore to it, which it's fun, like getting to watch a film or, in it, you know, be engaged in a story that has like it, a whole world of its own that you're just kind of catching up on.
0: So interesting. Yeah, it's uh like it it is just definitely one of these like very unique movies that I just like I can't exactly place my finger on it. But I enjoyed everything that was happening, though, like because it, it does kind of unfold a little bit slow, you know. It mm-hmm. just like kind of lets you just like kind of seep into it. But then these like bursts of like the sudden violence that you get from these androids. So like I definitely enjoyed that. Like we have you know like these these uh, android assassins are creative. They're ripping heads off. They're gouging people's eyes out to death. Um, I
3: really like the scene where he, the little android dude, sets himself on fire in the car. Just like the the look of him, just no expression with his weird android skin, it's like flawless skin, looks like a Barbie doll.
1: Yeah. And he
3: just like <laughs> is just pouring that gasoline on his face with no expression. His eyes are just open, and then he just like fl- like flips the lighter on him. I'm like fucking weird. It's just, it just makes you feel uncomfortable. So, okay,
2: that's I'm, what it's like driving in Florida. <laughs> <laughs> it, it's just like this is this is my own
0: personal hell.
3: Yeah, this yeah. is it. I'm the android.
0: <laughs> yeah, you're just like I've made this decision. I'm at peace with it, and that's definitely what it looks like with the humidity as well. You're just glistening, <laughs> <laughs> driving
2: straight into the ocean.
0: Yeah, I I love that. I do love that scene because it's just like yeah, like he's just like so unsettling the way he looks. And, like, uh, and Atkins, like, acts it out, like, so well, too. Like, his, like, like his reaction to it of, like, being, like, cause, like, you know, obviously he doesn't know they're androids, so he's just, like, what the fuck is going on here, you know? Uh, like, any time, like, that kind of weird shit was going on. Um, and and Yeah, that's... I like... Oh, go ahead. Oh, no, you go ahead.
3: I was gonna say, I like, after that happens, the daughter of that man, he just kills... Comes in and is just like, yeah, that's my dad. And fucking Adkins <laughs> is like, yeah, it's just crazy. He killed him and then he just committed suicide in the parking lot. I'm like, geez, dude, give him a rest on this lady. She's just like, she's going through some shit. Like, why are you telling her all this business?
2: And then, in
0: like, a few scenes later, hey, want to hook up?
2: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, that's seriously,
0: it. like, the timeline is like six hours from uh her <laughs> confirming the body to him confirming her body in the hotel room <laughs> boom i got there <laughs> uh like in the, they uh i mean but they do they have really great chemistry together i will say that um it's really fun kind of watching their little play off of each other and even though it was like kind of like uh <laughs> Chalice has like the weird moment, like they're already like in bed naked, and he's like, "Wait, how old are you?" <laughs> like, it's like the- it's too no. late to be
2: asked that question.
0: Like, ugh.
2: damn,
0: yeah, I, I know just you're. Uh... Halloween
3: three is canceled. No, <laughs> oh. just kidding.
0: It's done. Episode's done.
3: Yeah,
0: oh, I man. know your
2: dad's stiff, but uh, you know, you're really hey. giving me a stiff right
0: now. <laughs> Heyo! <laughs> like from- too soon. it's too soon. He he's, yeah, that's too soon. He he's like uh, he's Will Ferrell in Wedding Crashers, who crashes funerals. He's the funeral crasher.
1: Yeah,
2: I would watch that.
0: I'd watch it too. Like I actually yeah, like absolutely. I really wish they would have done like a like spin off of funeral crashers. That would have been fucking hilarious. And then
2: we get like kind of like a weekend at Bernie's thing where he has to, you know, try and get the body
0: somewhere.
3: Yeah. He's, he's, he's around be with great. It.
0: Taika Waititi, get on it. Yeah, let's do it. <laughs> I think he would be the absolute perfect choice. But yeah, so there's a there's a lot going on in this movie. Um, and it, it does just like kind of culminate in just like this like really like strange you know finale, and we see you know what's going on. Basically, they're taking these masks and they they want to kill children. Uh, that that is the primary objective here. And we get a dead kid here, dead kid number two of the move of the podcast episode. Um, And I think that's like probably the most memorable scene for most people is um, they they're like showing this family that they have like trapped in this room, which one that's already like weird in itself, like the way that they like put like a living room to like study them or whatever like that in itself was unsettling. And then the kid puts the mask on. And then it just, like, shrinks onto his head, and all these bugs and snakes start coming out, and it literally just, like, eats the kid's fucking face. And the effects on it are disgusting. We got real bugs and snakes in there. And it's happening right in front of the parents. The parents are just watching, and then they get bit by the snakes and die, too. But, like, holy yeah, the mom's shit. like, are
3: you okay? Like,
0: <laughs> are you all right? Oh, my gosh. God.
3: If I would have watched this video or this movie when I was younger, like small and thought to myself, that's what happens if you watch the t- like, TV too closely, I would have shit. <laughs> like I, I believed all, like if someone showed me something like, you know, like, like uh, the truth commercials when I was younger, right? <laughs> Yeah, that scared. Okay, there was one where I don't know if it was a truth commercial or like the anti marijuana, but there was one where she was watching her little sister and she fell into the pool and drowned. I was like, I'm never smoking weed. I'm never, <laughs> my sister's gonna die if I smoke weed. And now me and my sister do edibles together. But <laughs> so, like, I'm just like so hypochondriac and like believe everything. So, if I would have watched that when I was younger, I would have been like, no TV for me. I'm gonna get eaten by bugs,
0: right? You would have like unsubscribed from TV. I would have unsubscribed from Halloween. I'd be like, "That's Ooh. what happens." I'm like, "Ah, yeah." I'm like, "I'm done. I'm done." Like it is just like, like bugs. It's a very, <laughs> it's a very brutal uh, kill, but it's real fun because again, no one is fucking safe. <laughs> but yeah. iconic. Oh yeah, like iconic for sure. But, uh, but you know, as the, as the androids would say, ah, it was just a misfire. How many times do they say that throughout this movie? <laughs> that's, the, that's the season of the witch drinking game is drink whenever Dr. Dan makes a move on Ellie and says something weird. And then drink anytime you hear God, misfire.
3: You're going to be fucked up.
0: Okay, we got to do this though, right?
3: Yeah, now I'm thinking in my head, like, I need to rewatch this now.
0: Yeah, this this has been like a recurring thing on the podcast is coming up with drinking games for for the various <laughs> movies. So, you know, this might be bloody bottles here soon as well. I don't know. <laughs> the n- new
2: sister podcast. Yeah, yeah. Sister
0: podcast rebrand. Who knows? <laughs> but um, but yeah, I think this movie was it was super fun. Um, Yeah. Watching it for the first time it definitely like i mean it holds up like the effects and all the kills and stuff are really good it's very unsettling um and but it's also fun though it's like it's entertaining it's a interesting mystery as you go along like you know and try to figure this out but then he fucking loses at the end too like yeah we got we got kids getting killed and then we also get a fuck you ending as well like <laughs> ah i love it do you have any uh closing thoughts on Caesar the Witch? Anthony want to give a little shout out to?
2: Um
0: I think everyone needs to probably
2: reappraise this film and revisit it definitely this Halloween season. I I know this is um out very close to uh the sacred day, but uh you know, just squeeze it in. Get yeah. it in there. Um because it's it's absolutely like perfect for for seasonal viewing um the the score is like you said it's more ambient than music and i've I've never really necessarily thought about it that way but it's so true um tom atkins is a creep um, (laughs) that you'll you'll never truly get over but you know we love him i like in real life i guess maybe not in this so much (laughs) um you know but yeah, make make this mandatory Halloween viewing.
0: I agree. I agree. This is definitely like added to the perennial like every October watch list for me, because uh, it just it just feels like you know it just feels like Halloween and like but like you know it, it feels like you know that that danger of Halloween like you know that that feeling that you want to get like whenever you were like out as a kid and like you're like ooh mm-hmm. it feels somewhat dangerous out tonight you know like. It's a, it's a, it's a really cool feeling and I really enjoyed it for sure.
2: Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. I definitely think that goes into the part of encapsulating Halloween, uh, at least like kind of the
0: atmosphere of it so well. So true. I also got a shout out. Um, if we, I was, if we were going to do it on zoom, it was going to be in my virtual background, but, uh, that shot of the kids like walking in the sunset like, I mean, obviously oh, yeah. like one of the other, like, you know, most iconic shots of it, but like as a, you know, photography person, it just like, I'm like, Oh, Oh yeah. That's good stuff right there.
3: <laughs> yeah. And on top of that, I didn't notice until after I watched, I looked up um, how much Halloween three VHSs were on eBay. Cause I don't have it. And uh, I like how on Halloween it says the night he come came home, and then on this one it's the night no one came home. Ooh. And I was like, okay, I like that. That's a fun little Easter egg. Oh. But I never noticed it said that on the cover, so that's fun.
0: Yeah, that's a that's a fun little thing. Oh yeah. And then they could've and then they just like coulda kept doing that. I know. They could have kept doing that. But we have one more movie to talk about, guys. Let's go! Hulk! And the final movie of the episode, final movie of spooky season, here on the Boy Blunt Cinema Club. And uh, this has really become, like, since the first time I saw it, has become, like, my every year... I mean, I watch it multiple times in October whenever um, Spooky Season comes around. We are talking Trick or Treat. Um, eh, released kind of it. It was in festivals in 2007, but wasn't really released till 2009. So release dates kind of foggy there. Uh, directed by Mike Doherty, and it is a movie. It's an anthology film where it is just like kind of precautionary tales of what happens when you break the rules of Halloween enforced by the spirit of all Hallow's Eve as Sam, uh, who has become, you know, one of the most like iconic horror like characters now. Like um, I think it was, what was it? Last year, whenever like, um like all the outlets started, just like had the like big old like dump of like mm-hmm. Sam, Sam stuff. Um. Mm, yeah. Yeah, what, a, what an icon here. Uh, Sam is great, and he is enforcing people breaking the rules of Halloween. This movie runs the gambit from uh, creepy killers to zombies to werewolves. We have it all in this movie, um, and it's split up into these different segments that like kind of interweave themselves within the film. Um, so, to kind of start things off, Danielle what is your favorite segment of trick or treat?
3: Oh God, that's so hard. So <laughs> trick or treat is like one of my favorite movies ever made. I have, like you said, last year they started selling Sam stuff. I was one of those people that bought it. <laughs> I have, I have the life size Sam that does the little dancing with the music. Um, but I'd have to say Oh god, it's so hard. This was why why'd you give me this question?
0: <laughs> um keep okay. you on your toes.
3: So I'm just gonna go with my knee-jerk reaction. The best segment is the kids on the bus. Because their masks are incredible. And the way that the kid is saying wrong way. Wrong way. Whenever he notices they're going the wrong way, Aww. is terrifying. I hated that. I remember when I saw it when I was in back in two thousand nine? I hated the way he was saying that. I thought it was just so scary. Um, I don't know. That uh, one's just my favorite one. It's
0: just too eerie. It's... Is is it your favorite one because of all the children that die in it?
3: <laughs> oh man, you called me out. Uh, we got it. Yeah. Yep.
0: Yep. So. <laughs> The school bus massacre, yeah, is uh definitely, like, one of the more haunting ones, for sure. Just because, I mean, it's yes, these children, died. these, like, children that, like, you know, like, have, you know, issues that, like, the parents, like, didn't want to deal with or whatever. And then... Yeah. And then also, like, and then, like, you know, roping it into, like, what's going into, like, the current at the uh, Halloween night is just, mm-hmm. like, you know, like, fucking, like, teenage kids especially in that like 12 to 13 year old range are so fucking mean, you know? Yeah, they're little
3: bastards. And like, also like to turn it around, yes, of course, all the children dying. <laughs> good good point, but I also like that the bus driver was going to kill them. He like gave them this candy like that's going to like make himself feel better like here at least I gave you candy first and (laughs) then that kid fucking trips him and he dies too and I'm like well I guess he doesn't die but he goes off the cliff too and you're like hell yeah dude karma and it's kind of the same where the kids brought um her with them to bully her and then they're like please let us out of here and she's like nope see a bitch and so it's all (laughs) like a it's all like a "Hey, karma is a bitch" kind of segment, and so
0: yeah, that's fun. Yeah, straight up, like it will come back around to you. I mean, that's it because it does serve like the wraparound story because we do see that the the bus driver does survive, but even later, he's still gonna get his oh, comeuppance. Yeah. But uh, but yeah, I do love that the and I do love at the end of the segment whenever you know uh, Rhonda comes up from the elevator and sees Sam, and they just like both kind of look at each other like. And Sam's like, yeah, you did the right thing. It's all good. I yep. uh, can continue on with your evening <laughs> and then just uh, kind of lets her go and go on her way. Uh, Anthony, what's your favorite segment from Trick or Treat?
2: <laughs> just like Sam and Rhonda looking at each other. Game, respect, game. Can't yep, hate. That's right. Exactly. She shreds
3: fat. <laughs>
2: <laughs> um, no, I I absolutely uh, love that scene, too, because... um. You know, I, I think the kids just, uh, you know, chanting and all wearing like those uh like bestial, almost like Collegeville style masks or they're homemade. Um, yeah. And then just, you know, kind of what we talked about in, in Halloween three, where it has its own lore that gets even further into like the lore of this town. Right. it's mm-hmm. it's you know, the dirty secret of this town that no one wants to talk about. Um, but, it, you know, if I can't say that um, because Daniel already chose it, I'll probably <laughs> go with um, the werewolf uh, scene. Yeah, I think the werewolf segment um, is by far one of my favorites. Uh, yes, just the transformations werewolves. alone are phenomenal. Um, being able to see them just rip their skin off and there's just fur <laughs> underneath and you get these nice jump cuts to you know all these women tra- you know transforming and of course you know the this like pervert murderer dude uh, you know gets his come up its kind of thing and it's perfect. Yeah, um, that
3: movie does a perfect job of making you think it's going one way and then it goes another. It's like you said he's a pervert, he leads her like Or you think he led her into the woods and killed her or something happened to her and then he fucking drops from that tree and he's all fucked up and he's like, who are you people? And I'm like, yeah, bitch. But the same thing happens before with his kid um, wanting to carve the jack-o'-lantern and you think this dude's about to like carve his kid's head off. And then in turn, they're, you know, they're doing it together and the kids in on it. So I don't know. That movie has a really good way of making you think something's going one way and it's going a different way. And then it all wraps in together.
0: Oh, yeah, for sure. Like, and that's uh, I think that's like what makes this anthology cool. So to put this movie through the genre grinder is we do have an anthology style horror movie where, um, you know, there's been various movies and I, I enjoy anthology films on just like on a storytelling aspect of it on being able to like kind of weave in the stories or or depending on how the film does it. You know, this film does put all the stories in one night, but it presents it to us in different times. So it's like the beginning segment uh, with the couple is actually the seg- the end of the night. And then we kind of mm-hmm. get cut back and forth between that. Um my favorite is uh the principal, which is uh you know with principal, uh, Steve Wilkins, uh played by Dylan Baker, who is the perfect creepy white guy for everything. Um, <laughs> Absolutely. I mean, I feel bad that that's the type cast that you know he's dealt with, but hey, he's he's uh taken his his creeper face in stride, and you know he just does <laughs> it like that's you know but uh he's he's really great in this and uh and this and that segment is like one of, like the biggest like examples of the misdirection is like you know first he's like you know first he he, he kills one kid by giving them some poison candy and like he throws up chocolate and shit everywhere and um, that
3: scene the sound of that gnarly. scene is disgusting i can deal with blood and guts and horror and grossness, but that like throw up scene
0: always makes me feel queasy. I'm like, Ugh. <laughs> yuck. It's because it happens for so long. Like that's the funny part. I'm <laughs> yeah. like, geez, how much can be in him? Like, Oh my God, this is like happening for a minute. <laughs> so it's like, it's
2: almost like the, uh, Austin powers joke where oh. he like keeps peeing yes. and like, <laughs> he just keeps vomiting every time he's trying to speak. <laughs>
3: And they're like, "Oh, Principal Wilkins, cool costume!" And he has like all that blood and like chocolate all over him.
0: I feel like it was like the scene that like when they were filming that day, the effects guys like just like loaded it up, you know. And they're just like, they <laughs> they're like, "Oh no, that's all we need!" And they're like, "No, more, more." <laughs> Keep they're like, "We must use it all." So they like kills this kid by poisoning him. But then I guess he had killed someone else because there's, like, multiple bodies that he's burying. And uh, it's, like, this, like, you know, darkly comedic uh, segment where it's, like, he's, like, you know, bumbling around. He's trying to keep the neighbors quiet, the neighbor's dog. And uh, he's trying to keep his kid who is annoying as fuck. And he's yelling from the window. So it's, like, you have this going on while he's, like, burying a body, you know. And um, and then, yeah, it's, like, then you think he's going to kill the kid because the kid was, like, being so damn annoying. And you were like, mm-hmm. oh, yeah, this makes sense. Kill that fucking kid. Yeah. Uh, um, but then it turns out they, like, go downstairs. And this kid has been bugging them about uh, doing the eyes on the jack-o'-lantern. And don't
3: forget to help me with the eyes. Don't wait, to help me <laughs> with the eyes.
2: You, you can't forget the one of the best lines in the film is charlie brown's an asshole <laughs>
3: billy <Yeah>. wilkins
2: <laughs> love that line
0: kills <laughs> me yeah. every
2: single time <laughs> me too that
0: kid is so funny oh yeah that is such an iconic line delivered charlie brown's an asshole oh it's so good <laughs> And I, and I love, uh, that I love the neighbor too, who we will see later, but the neighbor yells out to him, ah, wh- what are you doing? Daring uh, a body. <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
3: he's like, and he just like, kind of like over just, there. Are you bearing a body?
0: Yeah. And he just like kind of freezes for a moment. But, uh, but yeah, he goes in to help his kid with the eyes on the jack-o'-lantern. And it's of course the head of the kid that he just killed. And, uh, he's teaching his kid, his serial killer ways. And, um, yeah, it, I just think it's like a, it's like, it balances like the morbid along with the comedy really well in that segment. Mm -hmm. Um, but I mean, honestly, there isn't a bad segment in the movie, you know, you can have your favorites of course, but, and they all kind of bleed into one another. So it's like, oh, which story is a part of what now, you know, Mm -hmm. they all do kind of blend in. Like, I mean, I love the sexy werewolf party. I mean, who doesn't? Uh, yeah. Anna Paquin's really great in this as well I just love uh, seeing her around you know not her first foray around um, you know horror creatures uh, love to see it and um, and I love that Anthony shouted out the transformation like I love that it's like they're like peeling their skin off like clothes you know like kind of <laughs> like the you know yeah. females you know because it's like female women you know being sexy and it's like oh you want me to take it off for you well here you go and um, I kind of like the, and the fact that she's Little Red Riding Hood's perfect. Exactly, you know, like yeah, like oh, you think you're you're the wolf hunting me, but of course I'm not. And it was, you know, uh, the principal. He had a long night. I realized he rewatching did. this. Yeah, he was like all over town. Yeah, he had time t- exhausted. <laughs> right, <laughs> like he somehow had the time to like kill kill one person, kill this kid, carve jack lanterns with his kid, go to the parade, kill another chick that he's messing around with, get abducted by Anna Paquin, and then out into the werewolf party. Like, I mean, damn. That's a long Halloween for sure. Yeah, that's a hefty night. Ain't nobody got time for all that. <laughs> yeah, you pick, you pick your Halloween activities like here and there. Um... And then, um, really the only other segments we haven't talked about there's the opening segment, which is pretty quick, which um, we see kind of come up throughout the film. this uh, the uh, you're not supposed to blow out the light on a jack-o'-lantern throughout the evening of Halloween. I think that's a really cool lore to establish. Um, you know they the couple gets killed because she just wants to go to bed. she wants to clean all the stuff up and go to bed and mm-hmm. she blows. Can the we light talk
3: about that for a second because she's like, Really adamant about Halloween <laughs> sucking ass, but her house is fucking decked, and right? she's like, she's like in this full-on robot costume, like, looks like it's homemade, and then she's got all this stuff happening, and they go to this Halloween parade. It's like, so you don't like Halloween, or you you're like think it's overrated, but you did all this. What? Bitch, you're backwards.
0: Yeah, so much, so much work and effort into it. And then you're gonna like party on Halloween, then clean it up that night. Like what? Yeah,
3: be upset about it. It's like what?
0: Nope.
2: No,
3: you deserve (laughs) to be dead. (laughs) Oh my
0: god. (laughs) Yeah. If anybody was the most deserving to die in this, it's this bitch right here. Yeah. Like. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) You don't
3: talk shit on Halloween. Hello.
0: It's a shit. Get hit.
3: That's right.
0: That's right. You know, and when you don't obey the rules. I, I really do think that's a, such a cool element to the film. Yeah, I,
2: I was going to say, I, I wanted to touch on that a little bit. I think uh, Mike Doherty did a wonderful job kind of establishing, you know, with, with Christmas, right? We have um, all these traditions and, and just kind of casual things that um, are associated with the holiday, right? So, you know, leaving cookies out for Santa and going to bed at a certain time and you get your stockings filled and if you're bad, Krampus will come and, you know, you just have all these different things. But with Halloween, like, sure, there's tradition where it's like kids trick or treating and you decorate, Mm
1: -hmm. but there's
2: not there's not like the same type of lore or like vibe or I, I, I don't know, like rules in place when it comes to Halloween. And I think Mike Doherty did a phenomenal job conjuring that and, and giving that feeling off so well where, you know, it's like, Oh, don't blow out your jack-o'-lantern. Like that's almost like common sense. But now that you put a, like a word and like a rule to it, it feels more special. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. I 100% agree. Cause yeah. Like Halloween kind of has a little bit more of a, smattered um mythology to it than some other holidays do and yeah so it's like we don't exactly like have like you know those like same kind of things um and mike really did like do just like a really good job of like kind of um you know using that as like kind of the groundwork for the film and making it just like really interesting and like you know things that we have heard but like him just like kind of being able to pick and choose which ones he was wanting to do. And then just like kind of throwing it in there. So I really do enjoy that. And then um, you know closing it out. The, the last segment is um, primarily you know featuring where we get a lot of Sam here. Where he is coming after um, an old man who we realize is the driver from the school bus massacre segment. And it is finally time for him to get some comeuppance. And Sam just fucking, I love how Sam is a magical being, but yet he just likes to, like, violently fuck people up, you know? He's, like, Mm -hmm.
3: this cute little creature that's, like, trying to represent or do good for Halloween, but he's fucking terrifying. Like, he's disgusting also. (laughs)
0: Little pumpkin boy. Yeah. His little pumpkin face. He looks like (laughs) he looks like Harley because Harley has a smush face. He wanted to say hi real quick. Baby, little fella. He he's gets, like please put me down he always gets oh, there we go he always gets quiet when i've like finally put him on the mic but like i was thinking that while i was watching a movie i was like he's got this like scrunched up pumpkin face <laughs> uh, if you guys don't follow me on twitter you guys don't know who harley is and you guys are missing out so if you're listening to this podcast somehow and you don't follow me on twitter for for Harley, if anything you know he's he's reason enough to follow the podcast but, I agree. yeah, absolutely do it. If you don't, we're
2: going to hunt you down.
0: We yes, will hunt you down. Yes, there are
2: rules. Yeah, there are rules. And we have we have a whole ghoulish gang, you know?
0: <laughs> oh, we're lurking. We're lurking everywhere, guys. On
2: every corner.
0: Oh, <laughs> uh, man. Yeah, he will. And, and Harley is vicious just like Sam is, too. Like, uh, I love the shot of um, when uh brian cox who uh, uh, the old man is played by brian cox uh gotta shout brian cox out he's always a win um he is really fun in this but there's a shot where he like goes to open the door and then sam like it, or he's locking the door and then sam is like crawling on the ceiling and it uh mm-hmm. reminded me of hereditary i was like i wonder mm-hmm. if- yeah i was like i think ari aster is a is a trick-or-treat fan <laughs> <laughs>
3: It's almost like the same angle and direction too. I didn't even think about that correlation.
0: I, I yeah, I was like, I was like, I wonder. I'll, I'll 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 put it out to the Twitterverse see what see what everyone else has to say about it. <laughs> yeah. uh, we'll,
2: uh, we'll we'll have to see if Millie can get in touch with uh, Ari yeah. for us. Also, Henrik. We'll get Henrik and Millie to reach yeah. out to Ari for us, and then we'll ask him
0: see if he did it on purpose. Like, yeah. I feel like that's a that's a small enough like detail that he would totally like do like a little wink wink for. Yeah, it's uh this movie is it's it's such a fun movie. And like I love, yeah, watching watching Sam, like kind of just like go to town on go to town on uh, the bus driver here. And I love how Sam like with him just wants to like fuck him up, you know. Because Mm -hmm. I think he, I think Sam, you know, understands, like, this old man has been living with that, you know, this entire, his entire life. And I'm sure that's been, you know, torture enough. So he, like, fucks him up to, like, make him remember it. But then is like, ah, no, I'm still going to leave you, you know, alive. Just do better on Halloween. And then we see, you know, at the end, Brian Cox giving uh, candy to the trick-or-treaters. Mm-hmm. Well yeah, Sam takes his candy
2: bar as as almost like a you know, like an olive branch. Like, mm-hmm. all right, you're good. I you gave me candy, but you're on thin fucking ice, <laughs> right?
0: <laughs> That's exactly what that look back was too cuz like Sam leaves and he looks back and yeah, pretty much saying you're on fucking thin ice, motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> Do, it Do it again. Do it again. I wonder
3: if Sam leaves him like you know, doesn't kill him at the end because he knows that the, the bus, you know, the bus kids are coming. Cause they're the ones that are trick or treating at the end.
0: So. Oh yeah. And then they do get him at the end. I totally did yeah. forget that.
3: So I wonder if he like knows that. He's like, oh, I'll let them have you. Or like he genuinely was like, Just do better, and now you understand what Halloween means, you crotchety old bitch. So I don't know. (laughs)
2: That's (laughs) how I'm going to talk to my kids. It's just like, (laughs) just do better, all right? Halloween's coming. Put a little more effort in, all right? I'm not mad. I'm just disappointed.
0: Disappointed. (laughs) Just Just disappointed. disappointed. You better put a burlap sack over that face. Do it right now.
3: (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah, your kids are like, please do not put the shamrock mask on my face again.
2: <laughs> but come on, we didn't, we didn't have you to not dress you up for Halloween, <laughs> yeah. okay? What do you think we, we had you for? Because we love kids? Hell no! Why All do right. do
3: you think you only get to come out on Halloween?
0: Yeah, it's the <laughs> ultimate dress up.
3: <laughs> yeah.
0: That's exactly what the children are for. And did you know they uh they started selling the the masks from this movie?
3: Oh, I have all of them.
0: <laughs> ah, it's so creepy. Yeah.
3: I saw them at Spirit Halloween and I was like, well, that's going home. So I got <laughs> all three of them.
0: I love yeah. them.
3: I the... also bought the vampire one. I have him tattooed on my leg as well. But I bought a vampire one on eBay and it was homemade and it was only like I want to say like twenty bucks, and it oh. looks perfect. It's like incredible. So yeah,
0: that one's the creepiest one. Yeah, like something about it just looks really just like strange.
3: Yeah, I think it's because it's half mouthed, so it's yeah.
0: like
3: it's the kid's chin talking, and I'm just like, ooh.
0: <laughs> yeah, ah, uh, man. Such a great movie. Like, if this isn't on your perennial, like, Halloween watch list, really all three of these movies. Like, I, I do feel like these were the perfect movies to close out the Bloody Pumpkins bonanza here on the podcast because, like, all three of these movies just, like, they very much just, like, feel... Like the holiday, and like it's been just like great. Wa- like it was such a great weekend, just like watching them, you know. And like it really just like puts sure. you. It really just puts you in that vibe. Like in all three of them, like but in different spooky vibes, you know.
2: Hmm. No, absolutely. Yeah. If these aren't on your, you know, October rotation, what are you doing? Yeah. What are you watching? Yeah. What are you watching? Are you watching Casper? That's Ooh, fine. Well- that's fine, but you know you gotta you gotta throw some extra spookiness in there.
3: There it's are twenty four hours in a day.
2: There there are and right. You, you know? can
3: get a lot of these movies in twenty four hours. You and can watch Halloween 3 22 times or something. You, you know?
2: know, I'm gonna watch Halloween three this year. Hi, I've never done <laughs> it. Oh yes. But after, after like being on this show, I feel like it's just appropriate. Yes.
0: Like, I mean, obviously, I watched all of these very stoned, as I usually do. <laughs> and like like I told you, like, with Season of the Witch, it was the weirdest, because, like, Season of the Witch, like, had, like, because of the score and that, like, yeah. the, the score Ooh. to it, that one, like, really fucked with me. Like, I was, like, kind of, like, twitching <laughs> around. I was like, ah, ah, what's going on? Ah, uh, you know. Great. I, I always want to be paranoid while, while I'm on. <laughs> See, that's, like, where where it's, like, hard to, like, recommend, like, to, for people to watch movies stoned. Like, uh, I mean, I literally have a new column on Nightmare on Film Street, quick plug real quick, Stoner's Corner, where I watch movies, super trippy movies. Like, so even trippier movies high and then just to, like, get, like, the weirdest experience out of it. But it's, like, it's hard to recommend it to people because, you know, weed has different effects on it, other people. And it's, like, if you are one of the people that, like, gets, like, paranoid sometimes and it's, like, oh, horror movies for you while you're high might not be the choice. Then you go with edibles. <laughs> Very fair. <laughs> then you go Very, with yes. edibles. Yes. <laughs> um, but speaking of watching Season of the Witch High... What got me going whenever I was watching the film um, was I was like, I really did want more of like these like anthology style Halloween movies like in that in that kind of vein. Um, I think it really would have worked out. So I was like trying to think of, you know, what anthology story I would want to do. So I threw it to you guys yesterday. So I don't know if you guys did you guys come up with some ideas?
2: I did. Danielle, do you come with uh, yeah.
0: first, I, you up with something? Yeah. I'll go first, but you got something?
3: I much, but I kind of came up with what I would like to see if they kept going. But you go first.
0: Okay. Yeah, I'll go first so you guys can get it, Uh, get that ready. But I was like, because uh, I, I keep like random movie ideas like in my notes and on my phone all the time and stuff. And I thought... Because I was like, okay, so like thinking to what they had at the time, they had the Halloween version, where, or not the Halloween version, the like slasher version. And then we had the sci fi culty witchcraft stuff. So I was like, okay, where do we go next? And then I was like, what if they like, so I was like, I want to go like kind of paranormal, like supernatural. And I wanted it to be a coming of age movie. And so around Halloween or on Halloween, some uh, kids, this uh, group of tight knit friends, you know, they're like all good friends and uh, they're hanging out, they're hanging out in the local creek where they all hang out and stuff. And there's like a little swimming area and they're swimming, right? And they're all doing their thing, and then just, like, out of some, like, random circumstances, one of the kids accidentally dies, like, in the... They were, like, you know, either horsing around or something, and the friend dies, and then so it, like, kind of, like, shakes this friend group to the core, right? And then, so it's... That happens, but then the kid that died, his ghost, like, watches his friends like try to cope with it like as like an out-of-body experience kind of so this would be like one of the more dour ones but it would still kind of be in that you know in that vein i don't know
2: it interesting interesting i dig it
0: yeah what did what'd
2: you have man um so i was thinking of something kind of mixed of uh like Karen Kusama's the invitation meets, you know, some like Halloween shenanigans. So, like 1970s LA, um, you know, people are throwing these Halloween parties uh, across the city. Um, you know, somewhere in the hills and things. Um, but it the film cuts to all these different friend groups and basically you find out, oh, they're they're all in like a kind of like a Celtic cult thing, something similar to Halloween three, right? But um, the idea that Halloween is the day where the border between the living Mm -hmm. and the dead is, you know, the, the thinnest. So this cult, they don't know if it's real or not. And you're led to believe the entire film. Like they're just crazy. And so it's all kind of build up between them performing this ritual as their different groups start to like tie closer together and people are running across the city, just all sorts of crazy stuff. I thought that would be interesting.
0: Oh, I so dig that. I've, I've said before, one of my favorite, like specific subgenres in and horror is freaky LA dinner parties. Like, so <laughs> like, when, yeah. so when it comes to like the invitation coherence, like, any movies coherence like that is so
3: good oh my god i've never heard anyone else say that that movie i'm sorry i just got really excited
0: coherence that is fucking great dope coherence is really dope i've shouted it out on the podcast a couple uh, a couple times i think and also check out uh the host um, or the perfect, the perfect toast. toast the perfect yes. toast you've seen that one too ah.
3: yes i just i just rewatched that and tweeted about it like 3 days ago dude that movie is so fucking i, I can't believe you see these movies i'm freaking out but <laughs> i know i no love no one has the... ever talked about these movies but they're i think coherence and the perfect toast are both on amazon right now so
0: i know i know uh yeah i think they're on amazon and cuz i saw them on they were on shutter for a bit i don't know if they're still on shutter mm-hmm. But that's where I watched them. But uh but yeah, so I'm always down for a good freaky LA dinner party. Always down for that. So what was yeah. your idea, Danielle?
3: Um, well, I sucked and I guess I didn't understand the thing correctly, but I was I was going for more of a what if they extended more so towards the shamrock and children aspect of Halloween, like if they did more in this universe. Oh, okay. Um and so so I was kind of just thinking of of like a way they could make this more of like a scary stories like um uh, like more so anthology inside of Shamrock like have different um like more than just the androids and the witchcraft they could do maybe each segment of each mask of what it represents or where it came from or Ooh. like yeah like anything like that um
2: That would be cool. I'd love that.
3: Yeah, I think that'd be really fun to like dive more into either A, other people, what they experienced from the kind of like Channel Zero. Did you guys ever watch that where they had Mm -hmm. like the first season was about the show that this guy remembered, but no one else remembered it and it like drove them crazy or whatever? But maybe something like that where people told their experiences of seeing this on TV that, you know, whatever. But. That's what I came up with.
0: An anthology within an anthology.
3: I I know. Super
0: meta.
2: Love it. I had an additional idea while you were speaking, Danielle, that (laughs) I like. I just kind of jumped off yours, where like, what if this was like the rogue one of Halloween three, season of the witch, where it follows like maybe this person inside the Silver Shamrock company who basically ends up finding out by mistake what they're planning to do.
1: And he's
2: an employee, but also Shamrock finds out that he knows he's trying to stop it before, you know, Halloween. And obviously we know he fails, but you see just him kind of going through this entire cult. You get to see more of the factory, them testing the masks on people um i think that would be really good like
3: maybe testing different things other than bugs like what would be the best they have like i don't know like acid that comes out of the masks instead of bugs and like ah no that doesn't work
0: oh man i think that'd be that would be so like funny because then it would like work so like interestingly in tandem with season of the witch because then it's like you have like this movie where it sounds like the like worker is like you know like really trying to like he's like against the clock you know and he knows too much and he's on the run and he's doing all the shit you know and he's like trying to get shit done and then you have fucking uh tom atkins just fucking lollygagging around you know like he he's like not really trying to stop this at all he's just taking his sweet time you know and then it's like Meanwhile, in the same night, you know, this fucking factory worker is like trying to get it done. I would love that. That would yeah, be Yeah, that so, would be incredible.
2: That'd be so cool. And then they
0: and then they just cut over to Season of the Witch one time and it's like them in the hotel room whenever Ellie is like she's like, Come on, we gotta do this, we gotta do blah 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 and then uh uh Dr. Dan goes, Whoa, 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 slow down. It's getting late. I could use a drink. Let's take our time. <laughs> <laughs>
2: yes. And, so, and it cuts back. And this guy's just like sweating, losing yeah. it. Just, yeah, Like,
0: <laughs> like, uh, like that's my, that's my favorite, uh, Tom Atkins line in, in season of the witch. It's so funny, but, oh man, all these movies sound, uh, super interesting. I would green light literally any of them. So, uh, you know, whoever, uh, is like season of the witch even still underwrites anymore who's to say
1: <laughs>
0: i'm not sure but ah oh man this was so fantastic to be able to have you guys both on the show for the bloody pumpkins uh, for the bloody pumpkins bonanza first annual we're going to do this every year where it's just all halloween movies on or around halloween uh, thank you so much to Anthony and Danielle from something ghoulish for joining the podcast. Thank you so much, guys.
3: Thank you so much for having us on. We had so much fun.
0: Yeah,
2: so much fun. We were We were talking a little bit behind the scenes. like we don't often get to come on shows and just be a part of it and not necessarily have to host. So it's it's fun to be able to just kind of, you know, roll with it and not have mm-hmm. to be as structured as we usually are.
0: Yeah, you know, it's like I like to just be able to, like hop it around, you know, like it's like I'm not trying to be educational here. I just want to gush. Like that's what this is all about. <laughs> like this is you come on and you just get to gush. Yeah, no work for you necessary here. Love it. Yeah, Love thank it. you. Do you guys uh have anything you guys would like to plug, of course? Daniel. Um <laughs>
2: It taking I, I, a long time to think about this. Well,
3: I was thinking about if we had any cool new uh like guests coming on soon, but we on Ghoulish cast we just had Josh Rubin, which was freaking sick. Um I highly recommend everyone's losing their shit about uh hosts and we had the producer from and spiral. Yeah. Oh yeah, we had people from Spiral on. Mm-hmm. Um, but I highly recommend checking out all of those episodes they are very very fun um we talked about some serious shit we talked about some jokey shit it was fun um but yeah follow me on twitter Oshi spooky and i i post all of our ghoulish cast stuff there you can also also follow ghoulish cast at ghoulish cast
2: um, (laughs) on twitter yep
3: on twitter but it's fun
2: yeah you can uh, you can find me on Twitter. My personal handle is at a.m. Darrington. Um, and of course, you can follow all the genre film things we do at something Um, We have a whole series of podcasts and, you know, editorials and articles that we put out exploring film and analyzing. And of course, our video series, too, on YouTube. Um, And we're always so, so excited and enthusiastic to talk about movies with people. So reach out and just say hi. And, you know, we'd love to get engaged and talk all things creepy.
0: Absolutely. All the best creepy stuff. Yeah, you guys are like so great to like just like have conversations online with. So this was absolutely fantastic to be able to have you guys on. I will have links to all the socials and whatnot in the description guys and of course i will be like retweeting their stuff all the time and stuff so make sure you guys are on the lookout for that so now just a little bit more from me before we finish the rest of this episode Well, 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 I hope you guys had a good time, as good of a time as we did chatting those three horror movies. It was an absolute blast. The best way to close out October here on the Bloody Blunt Cinema Club. Um, Again, thank you so much to Anthony and Danielle for stopping by the show. And if you guys made it to the end, thank you for listening to the entire episode. I know it's a long one, but I assure you, if you guys were having as much fun as we were, it is totally worth it. So, thank you once again for listening. That is the end of October. So, what do we have coming up next month? Next month, November, we are diving into a absolutely stacked lineup of films. As we talk about found footage horror. One of my favorite subgenres of the horror realms. I already gave you guys a little taste of that a few months ago. When Johnny the Horror Hack and I talked about Grave Encounters. And as above so below. So you guys know I absolutely love found footage movies. And I have such a great lineup of movies and guests to talk about you guys with. I mean we are covering it all. We have a very nice wide range spectrum, and of course, subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you listen to podcasts, and of course, make sure you guys are following the podcast Twitter and Instagram page at BloodyBluntCC to stay up to date on what's going on. I will be tweeting out who the guests are for the month and what movies we're talking about. You know, I always try to give you guys a heads up so that way you guys can watch these movies, of course, before you listen to the podcast. So make sure you guys are following those pages so that way you guys know the um, movies that we are going to be talking about for that month and for the week and whatever else and all the other updates that I keep you guys up to date with but that is going to go ahead and do it for this week's episode of the bloody blunt cinema club next week i am joined by carrie aka witchy kitchen to kick off our found footage month with creep one and two so make sure you guys go and check those two films out and follow me on twitter and instagram at underscore daddy disco and until next time guys stay lifted